Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Pastors. I'm Stephen Taylor. I'm Derek White. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Actually, Happy New Year. Yes. It's a new year for us. Woohoo. Yes. I do that every, I do that the first Sunday of Advent just to freak people out who don't know what's going on. And they think I've lost my mind. I get up there during the welcome and say, Happy New Year! <laughs> because of those of us who follow the seasons of the year, Advent is the beginning of the Christmas year. It and I know you guys is. do that, too. We do. Yeah. We certainly do. The liturgical calendar resets, so we'll be in year... A. B, A, B, C. Year A. Year A. Year a. Gospel of Matthew year. Gospel of Matthew. I, I, I need to apologize before we go any further because I'm bouncing everywhere. We've just had a load of furniture go and we're waiting for new furniture to replace it. So I'm sat on a chair with my laptop on my knee. So That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm bouncing too. <laughs> well, we hope all of you out there in listener land are doing well. We hope you're excited about the holidays and excited about uh, what you're going to get into. And so this episode this time is going to be a little bit different in that it's just going to be all fun all the time. We're talking about Christmas games, games, well, games, 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 in games. General. games. And so to start things off right now, I've got my Santa hat on for all those who are just listening. I've got my Santa hat on. We're going to talk about some of our favorite games and what are we doing this for? Uh, what group are we doing this for, Stephen, where they wanted the two-minute favorite games? So the Christian Geek Alliance, um, which is a selection of us who all do geek ministry in various different ways. Um, Matt Percy from Cardboard Koinonia. Koinonia. Words. Um, has asked if we could each do a one to two minute video. And since there's two of us, we'll do a two minute video showing off what our favorite games are. So we'll start off with you, Derek. What's your right. favorite game? Well, I'm going to try and do it as quickly as possible. Uh, we're The first one I'm going to mention, this is pretty old school. There are a lot of newer, newer editions of this out there, but this is called Gamma World. Gamma World, it is a, a post-apocalyptic role-playing game. Uh, it was put out by TSR Hobbies in 1980, I believe. Uh, this is one of the older box sets for our viewers that could see. It's lots of post-apocalyptic fun. One of my favorite games. I've only gotten to play it once or twice, but I really would love to play it more. I love post-apocalyptic role-playing. Uh, again, this is old school, but there were newer versions out. But some of the old school versions are still some of the best. So is that the, the 1980s one? 1980s box set, yeah. Just to uh, put that in perspective, that was eight years before I was born. It was 1980. Oh, he's trying to push my buttons, folks. He's trying to push my buttons. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> this one right here is another old school one. This is Gangbusters. Role-playing in the Gangbusters area era of... Uh, of Chicago and around there, your bootleggers, your all kinds of things, your uh, bosses like Al Capone and people of that nature. So gangbusters, lots of fun. I got to actually, I didn't play this one when it came out. 
Uh, I played this one as an adult. First time I ever played it was at Gary Con with our daughter. She was maybe 11 or 12 years old. It was a blast. If you like things like Elliot Ness and all of that stuff that was going on, 1920s role playing, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you can still find some of these out there. I believe you could even uh, purchase this on RPG now or drive through RPG and get the PDFs of it. I'll find the So that's a wonderful one. And then, of course, last but not least, you'll notice all mine are role-playing games, of course. That's just kind of the way it works. Uh, but later in the episode, we'll be talking about uh, some board games. Uh, of course, Dungeons and Dragons, the classic. This is the D&D starter set for 5th edition. I've been playing this on and off since 1983. Yes, thanks a lot, Stephen. 1983. So I came in a little later than some and a lot earlier than most. Uh, and so that's the 5th edition box set, but I must show off. This, this is my first edition. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeon Master's Guide. I'm opening it up here. This is the one with the Ifrit on the cover. I'm opening up here because at Gen Con in 2007, it was signed for me by Gary Gygax. That's right. Uh, Gary Gygax signed this for me. And so those are three of my favorite games. And of course, when it all comes down to it, what do I go back to when I want a role-playing game? It's Dungeons and Dragons. I've played every edition of the game, including original D&D. So a uh, big Dungeons and Dragons fan, but most of my favorite games are role-playing games. There you go. That's my Fair enough. And that ties in well to mine, because my favorite game is a Dungeons and Dragons themed game. Okay. Uh, oh, it's not really going to show up. Well, there you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so this Pirates. is Pirates of the Underdark. There we go. It is a card drafting game um, and an area control game. So you're drafting the cards, you're building your deck up, collecting those cards as you go along. So then you can dominate the areas and you can take over the whole of the Underdark, basically. You, you are one of the drow uh, noble families trying to control everything. And um, there's all sorts of things in it. You've got dragons, you've got... Um, uh, mind flayers, you've got elemental abhorrences, uh, you've got Ooh. the drow themselves, all sorts of things. And it's really, really good. And it doesn't get played half as much as it could do, unfortunately. Because I, I would play that every game night if I could. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you there. I don't blame you. So, the, so that's it. That's our favorite games. We've got that in. And so now we're just going to head straight into the meat of the podcast uh, we're going to, I know Steven has something special he's doing with games during the season of Advent. Go ahead and tell us about that, Steven. So if you find me on social media, um, which is at Steve Taylor GFA, as in games for all GFA, um, you will be able to see that I, every day for Advent, I'm putting out a game and saying why it's good for kids. Um, giving some questions that you could ask kids after they've played it to make them really think deeply about themselves or about society and, and all that sort of stuff, and linking it to scripture as well. Um, so it's sort of an Advent countdown, and I've started with the best games to give you a chance to buy them just in time for Christmas. So yeah, there that, you go. 
that was my thought process on it. Um, so, what was the game you did for today? What was the game you did for today, Stephen? Oh, now you see that's the thing. I've got it programmed to go off for the next two weeks. So if I can't find my oh, phone, oh, look at you! Then I, I oh, I shouldn't have done that one to you. For those of you, while he's looking that up, uh, he, Stephen, those of you who are just listening, is wearing a shirt that says Fa Thor. Fa Thor. When I first saw it, I I thought it read Fat Thor. <laughs> and uh, I told him I really want a shirt like that, but it is a, a great, awesome dad shirt, Father. Uh, so if you're ever in need of a good Father's Day present, get them a Father shirt. And if you ever want to send me one, you can send me a Fat Thor t-shirt because <laughs> well, I'm a Fat well, I don't know. It's probably not going to show up very well, but that is King Domino is today's one. King Domino. King Domino, which is a right. great little game. You build a, um, it's it's basically a game of dominoes. In dominoes, you place the numbers next to each other, so one has to connect to one, two to two, that sort of thing. It's like that, but instead of numbers, you've got forests and deserts and wastelands and caves and oceans, and you're connecting them together to make a five-by-five five kingdom grid with your little castle in the middle. And at the end, you get points for how many have been connected together and how many have settlements on them and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So, Stephen, uh, we've uh, we've talked a little bit about that for Advent. Anything else special you're doing during the Advent season? Um, not really, to be honest. It's Evangeline's second Christmas, and she actually knows what's happening this time. So that's quite special. We, we tend to go to a garden centre every Saturday and see all the different Christmas trees and all that sort of stuff and see Santa. It's a very middle-class British thing to do, to be yeah. Now, you said Santa. Do you, do you ever use the uh, British Father Christmas and do any of the Father Christmas things? Uh, ish. It's interchangeable, Father Christmas and Santa. Okay. To be honest. Because I always thought Father Christmas was much cooler than American Santa. Uh, you know, when I think of Father Christmas, I think of Charles Dickens and the one who opens up his robes with the screaming kids underneath. And I'm like, man, Father Christmas is B.A., man. He's a little <laughs> bit spooky there. You know, uh, you don't mess with Father Christmas. No, no. Um, well, we'll be we'll be putting our decorations up this weekend when we get our new furniture. That's the only reason we haven't got them up now. And we'll be watching Muppets Christmas Carol. As we put that up, because that's that's tradition. So thumbs up on Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes, one of our tra traditions is watching Scrooged with Bill Murray. That is my Christmas tradition. I must see Scrooged with Bill Murray. Hey, uh, do you know we have something magical that occurs in our house during Advent? Mm -hmm. uh, right before the first Sunday of Advent, my wife traditionally puts up the Advent tree. And magically, on December 25th, that Advent tree magically turns into a Christmas tree. <laughs> and uh, then by January 6th, on January 6th, magically, it turns into an epiphany bush. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's the weird thing, man. There's lots of yeah. magic in our home during the, during the holidays. So. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit yeah. comes in and magically, it's almost sacramental. Oh, Lord, they're going to kill me for this one. Almost sacramental, you know. Uh, what would you call that? 
uh, tree substantiation. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. I'm horrible. Well, uh, it's the so, perennial spirit. That's <laughs> oh, 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 the perennial. Oh, that's so wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and ours is truly perennial because we use an artificial tree simply because uh, we have cats and they destroy live trees. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to uh, some games mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about. Uh, what I wanted to do is talk about family games that are really good for the holidays that are good during the season you could do it with kids you could do it with adults uh and so uh, stephen do you want to start us off with a family game i can do the first one i've got and this one always goes down a treat whoever plays it is called ice cool um, and this is ice cool too because where i work well where i work to has ice cool and I got given Ice Cool 2 as a gift for running a thing for somebody. Um, so, again, don't know how good this is at the back, but oh, you are flicking it. penguins round an ice school. You see, ice cool. Uh, ice. Oh, that's horrible. So, that's horrible. <laughs> most of the players are playing as naughty penguins who are skiving lessons trying to collect fish from the doorways because they're hungry. One player is playing as the prefect, trying to stop him. So, for Americans, what, what is a prefect? For, um, for? Hall monitor. Hall monitor or like a, okay, a hall monitor. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hall monitors are usually another student who makes yep. sure everyone else behaves. Okay, yep. yeah. That's what the prefect does as well. Okay. Um, I don't know why we call them prefects. We just do. So, yeah. um, so you've got people flicking penguins around this place, trying to get good. them through doorways, and you've got people trying to flick into the other penguins, and it's really good fun. And you can play it as just a simple race if you don't want to have that other person doing it. So people just taking it in turns going around. And if you've got one and two, they connect together to make one massive school. And then, um, you can just have a race where everybody's sat around it, all trying to get round at the same time. It's carnage. It's great. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Anything where you're flicking penguins around makes me happy. Yep. So you'll notice flicking has a, a large thing in the games that I've got <laughs> to show off. So. <laughs> well, one of the games I have up here, this is a fun one for the holidays. When you have, I'm going to hold it up closer to the camera here. It's called Quirkle. Corkle. It is a fun game. I discovered a few years ago. Uh, this is the uh, travel edition that I'm holding, which comes with a nice little bag. And one of the things about Corkle that I like is you can put things together. You can. Uh, it's a tile-based game where you put tiles together to uh, score points. Now the tiles have both colors and shapes. So it allows for a lot of varied strategy. So right now for our listeners, I'm holding up a yellow starburst and a purple starburst. You could put those two together because they're both starbursts. Uh, I, so in the game, but now if I had a yellow starburst and a yellow square, I could put them together. Uh, and so uh, the more creative you want to get, it, it allows for varied strategies and varied ways of thinking with people of all ages. So this is a game while 
I don't think it's recommended for four-year-olds. I think even a four-year-old could play this who knows their shapes and their colors. And so this would be a great game for the family. You could play this with adults and children. Okay, we'll zoom through these because I know that you've got somewhere yeah. to be after we've recorded this. So uh, this one is flip chips. I mean, the flip first chips. amazing thing about it is whichever way we hold it, it still says flip chips. Um, <laughs> say um, that five times real fast. Flip chips, flip chips, flip chips, flip chips. Yeah. So this is Gallagher meets Space Invaders. So every turn. These um, alien spaceships are moving closer towards Earth and they're going to damage Earth and take its health off as, as it reaches it because Earth has health points, of course. Um, your job is to flick spaceships off this uh, little wooden tower that you've got onto the spaceships and any spaceships it touches get destroyed. And you also need to be flipping them into the big mothership as well, otherwise you're going to lose the game. Oh, wow, that's kind of so, cool. So again, going, a flicking game. Again, a flicking game. Yeah, so this one's a flipping rather than flicking. Oh, flipping again, rather yeah. than flicking. Yeah. you got to watch those F words around here. Man. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I'll just do another quick flick one. Before we sure. Do that. I'll grab one of mine on the floor here. So this one is flick them up, which you might have come across before. Um, it's effectively Cowboy Sabutio. So you've got your cowboys, you're flicking them around the, um, the western village and you're flicking their bullets at each other to knock down the bandits or to knock down the lawmen. So it's really, really good fun. Um, there's also a Dead of Winter version of this, which is your survivors and you're flicking the bullets at zombies instead. And oh, the nice. zombie players are flipping the zombies. So nice. really good fun. Wonderful, wonderful. And you can hear all the wonderful rattling of the game. Well, here's yeah. one. Uh, we got to play a little bit at Origins Game Fair this year. Got to play with my son. Uh, but we have not even taken it out of the box yet. This is called Smash City. And Smash City, I will just read you this off the back because it sounds beautiful. And it is a lot of fun. Smash City is the action-packed game of kaiju combat. Toss your giant monster dice at your foes to perform devastating attacks. You crush cities and spread fire and mayhem, throw cars and eat tanks, inflict maximum carnage like a true kaiju. As the city becomes destroyed, buildings erupt in fire and electricity, poisonous smoke pours forth and radiation spreads. And it comes with wonderful things here. Uh, you get to set up buildings here and put radiation symbols on buildings. And the best part is radiation changes your monsters. So as your monsters get more irradiated, they change. So if you've ever wanted to play a game where giant, you know, it's kind of like King of Tokyo, but this isn't, uh, this one is not where in King of Tokyo, it's more about trying to really kill the other monsters. In this, it's who can do the most damage to the city. And I absolutely love the idea of doing more and more damage. Uh, King uh, Smash City is put out by WizKids. 
Uh, so you know it's quality stuff here. WizKids does great work. And I will say when I was at their booth, they were some of the friendliest, nicest people uh, around uh, at their booth. I've always had great experiences dealing with WizKids. It sounds like the old um, claymation fighting game, Rampage. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. Basically, that's what I said. It sounded like Rampage uh, when I saw it because, you know, I, I played the old video game in the arcade, uh, Rampage, where the monster's just climbing up the building and smashing smashing windows to bring it down. So so I have that one. Do you have any more? Uh, I do. I've got four more. Oh, wow, four yeah. more. So I'll do two and then yeah. this one, uh, Jetpack Joyride. So there's an app Ooh. on your phones called Jetpack Joyride um, where you're playing as uh, this guy, Billy, who's escaping in a jetpack. And that's effectively what you're doing. You're taking these tetronomos and you're laying them down and you're trying to collect as many coins as you can on your way out and you're getting power-ups and all sorts of things. And it plays in about 30 minutes. And it's just really good fun. Everybody who's played it has really enjoyed that one. Um, particularly kids. It says eight plus, but you could probably play it with six plus. And then, uh, my little scythe. Which is, um, if you've ever come across scythe, the game, you know, one of the most popular board games out there, um, there was a dad who was obsessed with it and his daughter really wanted to play scythe. But it's a little bit too complicated for um, children to play. So he took the core concept of it and remade it with My Little Ponies. So she could play it and it was called My Little Pony Scythe. And the people behind Scythe saw that game on the Board Game Geek and said, you know, you've made such a solid game there. We want to make it into a real game. You know, we want to make a, the actual thing for it. So that's what this is. Um, so you can see, again, lots of rattling round of pieces. You've got this huge board that you're playing on. Um, you're looking to collect resources, which is magic gems and apples. You can have custard pie fights. You can build friendship. You get magic spells, all sorts of stuff. So absolute brilliant game, that one. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let me uh, pull up my next one here. This one is one we've played a number of times in. In our home, uh, this is called Santorini. Santorini. One of my favorites, uh, that one. And uh, it is a blast of a game. Uh, what you're basically doing is you're building. Uh, you build a detailed 3D platform. Uh, and it's simple. It's simple. It has God power cards, which change how you play the game each time. Uh, on the back, you can see, for those looking at the picture, you can look at the buildings. And the idea is basically to build your little temples to the gods and put the roof on it. Uh, you move your workers and you move up a level. You build a block with the worker you moved. Uh, and you eliminate a tower with a dome. Uh, you win if your worker reaches the third level. I will say this game does have rules. The The only thing that I didn't like as much, and I'm see, trying to see on the box if it says this, but it says in there uh, that you can play a two-player game. Uh, I will say a two-player game, we've tried it a number of times one-on-one. -on -one. 
it's not as much fun to player. Uh, this you at least want three people to play Santorini. If you're playing uh, with it, the god cards, two player can be all right, but you have to get the right ones to come out. Right, right. Yeah, we tried it every time we we've tried it. It just has not come out well. It is aged eight and up. Uh, I will say that, yes, uh, eight-year-olds can easily play it. I would not go any younger than that. Uh, we, we've tried that with some younger children, and it's just uh, some of the concepts just a little bit too, too much there. But otherwise, it is a fun game. Uh, it, the board is really well made. The pieces are really well made, and the artwork, again, for those who are viewing, the artwork is just wonderful fun. Uh, the, and you can see some here on the box. Sir Santorini is another one of the games I have there. And then the last one I have is one I have not played yet, but I've heard wonderful things about this game. Uh, and this is, I'm going to try, uh, well, hopefully they don't overhear out there, but one of the customs in our family every year is we try and get a, uh, one new board game to play during the holidays, a family game where we can all play a game. And so this one just came in, and I've been looking forward to it. I've read reviews about it. It's been, the reviews have been really good. It's called Imhotep, Imhotep, Builder of Egypt. Uh, it is a game for two to four players, ages 10 and up. One of the things that I really liked about this, this is put out by Cosmos Games. And one of the things I really like about Cosmos Games they do with their products is, one, they'll tell you on the back how long the playtime is. Playtime's only about 40 minutes, which is really nice. And it tells you what the luck factors are and some of the other things. So, for example, luck factor is only about a two. The luck factor could go up to five, so there's only a two on the luck factor, a four out of five on the strategy, and block placement, five out of five. And then there's something written in hieroglyph hieroglyphics on here that's five out of five. I don't know what that means. Probably that, because it's called Imhotep, there's a lot of hieroglyphics in the game. So what's the game about? Well, it's a building game. It's uh, awe-inspiring structures and brutal tactics earned... Uh, the Egyptian pharaoh Imhotep, divine status among ancient Egyptians. Can you match his ruthless determination to build the most revered monuments? To do this, you'll need to transport stone blocks on ships from your quarry to different construction sites. So that's right, you're building pyramids. But you alone do not choose where the ships go. Your opponents have monumental plans of their own and want to prevent your success. A fierce competition for the precious stone resources play out. So in some ways, you might see some echoes of Settlers of Catan in this game, where you're fighting over resources, uh, and there is going to be block placement. Uh, the, it, it is very simple in some of the looks it has. It comes with 120 wooden cubes. It has sight scoring cards, which are really nice. Uh, I'm sorry, a scoring track, but it has sight boards that tell you what you're going to build. Uh, and, and what I like about this, and I saw this before, each site is different. So you might be building a temple. I might be building a burial chamber. And our friend might be building an obelisk. So everyone's building something different. And so you'll need different resources for what you're building. And so I'm looking forward to this. 
Uh, and it also comes with a helper app, which is always very useful when there's an app you can download on your phone to play the game. So this is one we're looking forward to breaking out either on Christmas Day or the day after and sitting around playing it. It is, again, for two to four people, ages 10 and up. So that's perfect for our family. And that's all the games I've got right now. I've got to go over. <laughs> I've got more games, as people in the video can see. More and yes. more games all over the place. I've got two more that I brought out to have a quick look at. This one, uh, two of two, Animal Upon Animal. Um, the great thing about Hammer Games uh, being in the UK is you can buy the German versions of them and you know they'll have an English instruction in them and they'll usually be about 10 quid cheaper if you buy them German. So. Ooh. Which is always good. Um, so this one is really simple. You are stacking animals on top of animals. So you're, you're rolling your dice, which is going to tell you how many animals that you need to place or who needs to place it for you or who gets to pick which animal that you place. Um, and it, it's really, really simple. But kids from two plus can enjoy it. So it's really good fun. If you've got a young family, I'd highly recommend Animal upon animal, animal. And then the last one. Oh, echidna Shuffle. Um, so the main reason I bought this is because look at those little pieces. For those who uh, are listening, not watching, they are little plastic echidnas and they have tiny smiley faces as well. And the idea in this one is you have a... Uh, you've got three bugs that need to make their way home. They need to make their way back to their tree stumps. And they're catching rides on the echidna train. And on your turn, you're moving echidnas, one or, or however many spaces you can, up until they reach the back of another echidna. Then you need to move other ones around. And you're just trying to get your bugs home. And the level of strategy that can go into this is remarkable. And if you play it with your family, they'll enjoy it because they're figuring the puzzle out. If you play it with your friends as adults, they'll enjoy it because they'll keep looking at you and going, oh my goodness, why did you do? Why did you move that one there? I need to go here. So it's really good fun because you get that take that mechanic with it as well. So this one would be definitely very high on my list for families of all ages is a kid in the shuffle. Kidna Shuffle. It looks it looks absolutely fun. That that looks like like fun, uh, man. Now there is one other game I want to give an honorable mention. Uh, I don't think neither Stephen nor I have ever played it, but this was a game. I want to give a shout out to our friend Skip Clark, who uh, is a supporter of our friends over at the Min Max Podcast, our friends at the Saving the Game Podcast. Uh, Skip supports both those podcasts wonderfully, and uh, so to stay in Skip's good graces, I want to mention a game that he shared with Stephen and I earlier today, and I'm so sad because this game is only available in the UK, though I've been told I could order it from UK Amazon, and the game is called Bag of Dungeon. How can you not love a game with the title Bag of Dungeon? And so I went on Board Game Geek to take a look at Bag of Dungeon and see what I could find out about it earlier. And uh, it is just, it was 100% funded within 24 hours on Kickstarter. Uh, 
And it's a dungeon crawling tile based game, harking back to the good old days of exploring dungeons, slaying monsters and stealing treasure. Uh, it's a simple to play tabletop game and you're supposed to be able to play it with one to four people where you send a party of adventurers into the ever-changing catacombs in a quest to find the ring of creation or before escaping with their lives and their loot. But can you trust your fellow adventurers? And Stephen, what's the answer to that question? Can you trust your fellow adventurers? No. 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 Never trust your fellow adventurers. Uh, man, it's just crazy. It sounds very similar to uh, One Deck Dungeon, but instead of just uh, instead of going through a dungeon and just turn a card over, oh, this is what you've got. You're actually building it in front of you with uh, this bag of dungeon. So I'm you're trying. building out the paths, which sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, I like that, and I like tiles. Uh, I like tiles better than cards because number one, they hold up better. Uh, you know, and number two, getting Cheeto stains off of tiles is easier than getting them off of cards. And so when I do a card-based game or a card-based board game, I spend forever sleeving my cards because I don't want to get my Cheeto. I'm not worried about your Cheeto fingers. I'm more worried about my Cheeto enlaced fingers or now because, you know, my diet my veggie straws encrusted fingers so uh yeah that's what i end up doing is oh, I, once I you've got it sleeved or if it is tiles you can just lick it off it's fine yeah yeah once it's <laughs> sleeved it's fine but I, i'm telling you it gets annoying you know an, another game we didn't uh, mention um uh smash up is a great card game uh, and I have so many smash up expansions and I haven't played it since a close friend of mine moved away. He and I used to play it, play it all the time. And so now I've got this huge collection of smash up cards with, and they're all sleeved and they're all ready to go. And they just sit there. They sit there. And, and to be honest, I'm horrible at it. I lose every time I play Smash Up. I don't think I've ever won a game of Smash Up. Well, that's not why you play it. You don't play it to win. You play it for what weird combination are you going to pull out this next time? No, I play it to win and for the weird <laughs> combination. So I, I do. I enjoy Smash Up. Uh, it's one of the few games I do want to win at. And that's probably because I can never remember winning a game of Smash Up. Uh, so those are uh, our games uh, that we're doing, uh, that we're thinking about during Advent. I know that you might have game recommendations, dear listener, and there are games that you're enjoying. So in our comments section on YouTube or on our social media sites, on Facebook, where you can find us at the Dungeon Pastors or Game to Grow or Geek Preacher, when you see this video around or you hear the podcast, we want to hear what you're playing. We want to know what games you're having. And since this will probably be up before Christmas, after Christmas, come back, uh, like the videos or like the podcasts, and just let us know what games you got for Christmas. We want to know. We want to know where you're playing, what you're enjoying. And you know why we want to do that? Is it because we're such caring, wonderful people? No. It's because we want new games to play, too. It's because we want new ideas. Yes, we're wonderful, caring people. At least that's what we try to tell ourselves. Well, you are. What's that? 
You are. I know, and you are too, Stephen. Oh, <laughs> we're so sweet up in here. But but seriously, we want to know what you're playing because we want new games to play, and we want you to recommend games to other listeners. Uh, we hope you'll suggest family games. One of the things I did specifically today is I specifically wanted to uh, uh, come to games that were just like two to four people. Those are the games I wanted to recommend because usually it's hard to get together that six to eight people gaming group. And so I wanted to recommend the two to four people games. And that's pretty much all I've got. I know Steven's getting tired. It is almost 11 p.m. It has been an incredibly, incredibly long day today. Yes. <laughs> and I have an event for our, uh, we have an after school program at our church uh, where it's a literacy program and a homework assistance program. And I have in about an hour and a half, that's going to begin where we're having their Christmas party a little bit early for them before they let out for the holidays. So I've got to go too. But here we are wishing you a happy Advent, a Merry Christmas. And most of all, I hope that the incarnate Christ brings you joy, happiness, and laughter, and all your hits are crits. Hi. Bye-bye.